0: Today concludes our series in Advent. We will be lighting the love candle, and this has been a very meaningful experience as we've gone through these various candles and certain weeks that usher in the incarnation of Christ in the Christmas season. Each week I've recapped Advent for those who are not familiar with this particular tradition. This season allows us to have a time of reflection and introspection and examine ourselves, our faith and give God the glory that he is due for his gift of salvation and the hope we have in him. You may be in a church that participates in Advent. Others don't, and it's okay. It is optional. But within this season, there is beautiful imagery that really helps prepare our hearts for the Christmas season and the coming of Christ. The first instances of Advent are usually traced to about 4th or 5th century, AD, with it becoming a part of the Catholic tradition in the sixth century. But most of what we are experiencing today is clearly came from the Middle Ages, and these specific themes have been refined from generation to generation and should be used primarily for devotional purposes. The candles and order change from denomination to denomination and tradition to tradition. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but for the sake of this program and for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to follow a simple pattern of the hope candle, also called the prophecy candle, hearkens to Isaiah, and it prophesies the birth of Christ, and it symbolizes a season of anticipation, waiting for the coming Messiah. The peace candle, which is also referred to as the angel candle. Luke two fourteen says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and also emphasizes Jesus as the prince of peace. Last week was the joy candle, which is... The shepherd's candle this is to remind us of the world's joy at the birth of jesus today we end with the love candle which talks about christ's love for us and how he we have hope in him so far we have gone through the hope candle the peace candle the joy candle and today we are going to look at the love candle when i say love what does it mean you know december is a sentimental month it has traditions nostalgia Volunteerism, romance. Familiar music emanates from car stereos and shopping malls. Classic movies play in homes and are re-released in theaters. All these wonderful heart rendering entertainment that's wholesome that doesn't always necessarily capture the true meaning of Christmas. But amid all of that sentimentality, it's good to remember the gospel. Did you ever notice that December people are a little nicer? You're more likely to greet strangers as you walk down the street. Warm feelings and greetings make the season enjoyable. Christians should move past the sentimentality that could be superficial to a love befitting Christ's example. R.C. Sproul said, In the New Testament, love is more of a verb than a noun. It has more to do with acting than feeling. The call to love is not so much a call to a certain state of feeling, but a quality of action. Isn't that true? Is love just something that we feel? It appears that our culture is so searching for love, they just want to experience that sense of euphoria. They want to have a constant feeling of warmth and affection and have the absence of negative emotions. That is really short of what true love really is. Love is not always superficial. Oftentimes, it is a verb in our lives. We're giving and receiving love constantly. When we open up the Bible and we really get into the word study, We learn that there are different forms of love. Our beloved English is a bit limited in this capacity. When we say love, I could love my dog or love my cornflakes or love my spouse and then love my God, and those are not all the same. The Greek language is much more robust in its description of this concept. There's romantic love. There's brotherly love. There's different kinds of connotations there. There are words for that, that the highest form of love literally means godly love it's agape. It is a sacrificing love. It is a love that looks past sins and allows us to care for one another and build them up and bring them closer to God. 1 John 4.8 says, God is love and not the other kinds of love. This is agape love. He doesn't act on love. He is literally love and it is from him that we're able to love others. We also, in Luke 10.27, should love God And we should show respect and live a life of obedience again this type of love is not fragile it is one that endures and goes in the face of the fantasies of sappy romantic emotional love i'm not saying that that doesn't happen we have wonderful moments in our life where we get to experience that but that is not a day-to-day love that is going to withstand cultural issues and life challenges and doubt that is going to be something that happens on special occasions in where everything culminates and it's lovely. But the love we're talking about for this season is one where it is all wrapped up in who God is and the hope we have in Him. Agape love is shown by what it does. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Romans 5, 8 adds, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To really appreciate this, you have to understand what an offense sin is to God. When we normalize or condone our sinful behavior, what we're doing is we are misunderstanding grace because God is so holy that sin cannot coexist with God. He has to restore us and redeem us. And through his power and through the cross, that's not why we celebrate the Christmas season. The Advent season is because of the incarnation. God putting on flesh, dwelling among us, living a sinless life, dying on the cross, rising again, and forgiving us for our sins is the hope that we have in Christ. If that's not love, what is? Holy God, looking beyond our trespasses and loving us and offering us the forgiveness that can not only change our life, it can give us hope for the future. Each week, I looked at a different hymn as we walked through the Advent season. This week, I chose A in a Manger. It might be one of the more sappy hymns that I could have chosen, but I still enjoy this particular hymn. I like the simplicity of The Simple Manger. God incarnate took on flesh born of a very young, vulnerable young lady in the humblest of circumstances, in a barn, in a trough, that's love. But in that we find the source of our true love, the love that redeems and restores us. It goes away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the heavens looked down where he lay the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. This tends to be a heart-rendering hymn that people love to sing because they think of an adorable little baby. But when you think of God incarnate resting in that trough, that is love, my friends. The incarnation in and of itself is a humiliation. Not even the cross, just the idea that God came and lived, took on our flesh, took on our bodies and lived among us is the ultimate sacrifice when you add to that the next verse the cattle are lowing the baby awakes but little Lord Jesus no crying he makes I love you Lord Jesus look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning is nigh it's amazing that you have the juxtaposition of a vulnerable baby in tenuous circumstances sleeping in a barn yet it is God incarnate my friends that is the very picture of love We identify with Christ because of these circumstances. He is not far away from us. He is someone who loves us, made us for more, and that is the miracle of the season. And then finally, the song says, Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in your tender care and fit us for heaven to live with you there. Again, not a sappy, sentimental love, but a godly, amazing, agape love that gives us forgiveness and hope. Christ was the ultimate example of love at Christmas. The major scene is iconic, but we often forget the significance. That scene represents the incarnation which Holy God took on flesh, walked among us. Just this act of humility is awe-inspiring enough. Still, we must also remember how the baby was born to later die for our sins. First John four ten states, In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to the, be the propitiation for our sins, our first love this Christmas should be Christ. He is worthy of our worship, adoration, and obedience. If you find yourself distant from God or seeking God for the first time this holiday, I hope you'll come to him and receive indescribable love and grace. Our second love this season should be for others. If you already volunteer at your church or other worthy cause, I commend you and encourage you to continue in those efforts. During a busy holiday season, however, it's easy to forget those closest to us. I regularly borrow the phrase, who's close to you but far from God? Christmas is a great time to connect with those neighbors, family and friends, and show sensitivity to emotional, financial, and spiritual needs. C.S. Lewis reminds us, do not waste time bothering whether you should love your neighbor. Act as if you did. Dwight L. Moody adds, the world does not understand theology or dogma, but it understands love and sympathy. Loving neighbors and family can be challenging. One pastor mused, God teaches us to love by putting some unlovely people around us. It takes no care to love people who are already lovely or loving to you. Going back to Christ's example. If he can sacrifice for us, are we not called to follow his example? John thirteen thirty five calls us to action. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I wish you the joy and happiness this season can bring. But above all, I wish you Christ and the boundless love that forever changed the world. I'd like to close today's episode and this series with the most iconic love verse. John 3:16 states, "For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life." That God so loved us that he came incarnate, lived a sinless life, and bore crucifixion on our behalf. That is the beauty of the incarnation that God did that, that this is again we talked about the indignity of just taking on the incarnation friend this christmas season i want you to know you are fearfully and wonderfully made you are loved you are valued and no matter what your circumstance is whether you are living well or you're struggling whether you are feeling close to god or far from god i want you to know that all you simply have to do is to believe and repent and come into fellowship and relationship with holy god that He wants to forgive you and give you the greatest Christmas gift that you could ever receive. Friend, perhaps you've been walking with God before, but you've walked away. You are finding yourself far from God. I want to let you know that he's a prayer away. It's difficult to face this world without the love of God. It's difficult to face this holiday without the hope of Christ. And friend, I hope you won't have to do that this Christmas season. Give yourself the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. Pray to receive Christ, repent and believe, or come back into fellowship with Him if you've left. Thinking for myself on this program, that would be the greatest gift you could give me. And my hope is that you will feel the love of Christ this Christmas season. I want to thank you for joining us in our Advent series here on Lose Yourself. I hope this message finds you well. I hope that you will have the opportunity to share your faith this season and may God bless you this Christmas season. Join me next week as we look forward to the new year and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.